Welcome in to another episode of the Money Call Podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow, here with Gabby Mozipo. Back, it's Thursday, September 14th, uh, after the Thursday night football matchup between the Eagles and the Vikings, which ended up being just a little closer than both me and Gabby had hoped. Uh, Wished for a little bit of a bigger win from Philadelphia there. But it is great to have football back in full swing going into week two, or I mean, I guess now, now that that game's over, week two has officially started. Uh, but it's great to have been in a full week of football. You know, we had the Monday game and we had waivers on Tuesday. If you're playing fantasy football, which means on Wednesday morning, you get to wake up and see who you got. And then it's Thursday, you know, you're setting your lineup. So it's and you have football again. So it's been great to have a full uh, week of football back. So I'm I'm flying high. I'm riding high. But uh, Gabby, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How are you enjoying the week so far? So far, so good. It's been a long week, but I'm excited to wind down with some football at the end of the day. We had a good matchup here Thursday. Saw some good line plays, some dominant running performances here by the Philadelphia. And honestly, everybody outside of A.J. Brown, I think, performed pretty well for Philadelphia. And uh, from Minnesota's standpoint, the passing attack looked pretty good. The running, eh. But all the receivers looked really good, were able to be involved, so... I think it turned out the way you wanted it to be. So it definitely got me excited here for the weekend and what we have in store for week two. Heck yeah. So um, we're going to do the show this week the same way we did it last week. Um, Nothing revolutionary, uh, but we are going to do every game. We're going to pick every game against the spread, uh, which me and Gabby did last week. We both went nine and 15. So there is no leader in the clubhouse, but hopefully – uh, by the end of next week, we'll have me in the lead, um, and we can all be happy about that. So that's where we're at right now. But uh, continuing on, we're going to, like I said, we're going to make those picks against the spread every single game other than the Thursday game that just happened, of course. Um, and then we'll be also doing our best bets, telling you which ones are our favorites to bet on this week, uh, and also doing our survivor pool picks. So, uh, yeah, we'll jump right in here without further ado. Looking at the first game in our our window, the early early window on Sunday, we're looking at Seattle coming into Detroit. Seattle is five point underdogs. Seattle with a disappointing week last week against the Rams, really a shocker. Um, and Detroit equally doing a little bit of a shocking performance. Um, but on the other end, uh, beating Kansas City. So, Gabby, how are you feeling about this game with Seattle again as five point underdogs? I like Seattle. Detroit coming off a big time win on prime time versus the. Kansas City, I want to kind of fade this, and I like Seattle here. I think the Rams, yeah, that divisional opponent, they tended to kind of flatten out there, but I think the Seahawks are going to be able to turn it around. I think Geno Smith, when he doesn't get pressured, you think he can actually uh, be protected. They did have to sign an offensive lineman, Jason Peters here, uh, 41-year-old from the Eagles, but – I think Seattle is going to be able to protect as long as they sh- uh, shade towards Aiden Hutchinson. Um, Jim Smith is going to be able to have time to throw, and those weapons are actually going to be able to catch the ball on like Kansas City. So I think there's going to be holes to be open up there. Also, Kenneth Walker, I think it's a real deal. So I like to see off the plus five here. I'm totally with you, Gabby. I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Um, I think both defenses have uh, a lot of questions. So. Um, for that reason, I just don't see it in uh, Detroit to keep Seattle down or um, for that reason, be able to pull away from them in the points. So I think it ends up being a pretty close game. Um, and for that reason, keeping Seattle plus five, taking the underdog there 
uh, getting the points. This is actually a game that I wouldn't mind throwing a little bit on the uh, money line for. I could see Seattle um, having a bounce back game. I mean, Pete Carroll is, in my opinion, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and he's proven that he can get a, a defense together um, at pretty much every season at some point uh, that is respectable um, by the end. But so I, I wouldn't put it past him to make any, uh, at least a little bit of an, an improvement coming into week two, and especially with week one being such a fluky week. So I, I expect Seattle's defense to be better. I expect Seattle to play better overall. Um, like you mentioned, though, Aiden Hutchinson, a little bit of a concern. Some of the def- uh, Detroit uh, defensive front players could uh, potentially get past that week Seattle O-line. But um, if they can hold up enough, I think they definitely have the firepower on offense, the weapons to be able to hold it uh, within five and keep it as kind of a probably a high-scoring close game. Uh, next matchup, though, we got Las Vegas coming into Buffalo. Um, Las Vegas is an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, so it's a p- pretty big spread here. Um, for me, I think Buffalo is going to be angry after losing to the Jets on primetime. Um, after they lost Aaron Rodgers real fast. I think Buffalo is going to be coming out with a fire, um, which, I mean, with the way Josh Allen played uh, on Monday, that might not be a good thing. I mean, maybe he needs to control it a little bit more. But um, I believe that Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so I think he'll turn it around. Um, A lot of the best QBs in the league struggled uh, week one, and Josh Allen is just one of them. So um, I think he picks it up. I think a lot of those guys pick it up, and I think Las Vegas is a bad team. Uh, so I think in a in a line that's really tough just because of so many points, I'm going to stick with the team that I think is going to win, and I think they're going to win handily, so I'm going to take the eight and a half points, although I wouldn't say that I am over the moon about betting this one. This one's a pretty big line, and Buffalo did not look great against Kansas or against uh, the Jets, but I, I just can't I just can't put the any money on the Raiders here. I can't put my faith in the Raiders. So for me, I'm going Buffalo, but Gabby, what do you think about that one? For me, I have to agree with you. I like the Bills here for the revenge factor. And also, the Raiders, something like a football team. Jacoby Myers, number one, looks like the number one weapon based <laughs> on the performance last week. Um, he's going through concussion protocol right now. I think he's actually really going to be really good for fantasy. But outside of that, um, I don't really see the Raiders being able to do too much. Josh Jacobs kind of had a lack of lesser performance there. So I see the Bills coming out there and playing really well. Um, Trey Davis, White, I think they're going to double-team Devontae Adams and then try to just get after Jimmy Garoppolo there. I think they're going to do that successfully. So I like the Bills minus eight and a half here. I, I think you're getting good value there. All right, same page on that one too. So far it's uh... – chalk for both of us we're just doing the same thing so uh moving on to our next matchup uh we got chicago coming into tampa bay tampa bay is two and a half point favorites um for me i think tampa bay was really impressive uh last week and so i'm gonna be taking tampa bay um chicago i did not think looked good um i mean they did have some some flashes here and there and i mean justin fields is good for some moments in any game he can he can torture defense on any play. It's just he can also um, do terrible things on any given play. So uh, that that makes me nervous about the Bears. I don't think the Bears have fully uh, figured out their identity as, as, as a team. Um, I don't think they have a great offense or a great defense. Um, and, I mean, I'm just not, I just don't really have any faith at all in the Bears. And I think Tampa Bay is a team that is probably a sleeper team right now. It's probably a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Um, I've been kind of a believer in Baker Mayfield for a while, even 
now that he's been uh, ridiculed pretty consistently by the public, but um, I think that he, uh, I think he can take this team to be at least mediocre. Um, and I don't think Chicago meets that line. So for me, I'm going Tampa Bay here, minus two and a half at home. Gabby, how do you feel about this one though? Sam, looks like we're just going to keep agreeing here because I got the Buccaneers here too for some of the same reasons you said. Baker looked a lot better. Like I said last week, I think there's a chance Baker goes out here and has a good performance. And what did he know? He's out there calling out the plays. When they're doing XX, it's cover two. When it's, they're doing crosses, it's cover four. He's out there looking like Peyton Manning. Seriously, though, he played really well. The running game was pretty inefficient, but Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to be able to eat versus man or versus um, Those are really good wide receivers. There's a reason why Tom Brady went there in the first place. It was for the wide receivers, and then they made the offensive line better. So I like the Bucs here minus two and a half. I don't think the Bears are going to be necessarily a good team this year, but I do think they're going to be able to turn it off around offensively. Luke Getty, the offensive coordinator, has shown the ability to transform an offense when there's major deficiencies. Let's just go back to last year when Justin Fields looked inept as a quarterback altogether. He was on par with Zach Wilson with his performances. And then going into the bye week, what did they do? Transform the entire offense and made Justin Fields arguably one of the better young quarterbacks in the NFL. And after one down performance where Jair Alexander, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL, um, was locking up a guy like DJ Moore. I think this week versus the Bucs is going to be a higher scoring game. So I actually do like the over here. Um, and I think the Bears are going to be able to pass the ball way better than they were because I think the Packers are a little bit underrated, especially that defense. That defense is nice. It has playmakers all around it. We forget the reason why Aaron Rodgers was mad was because they kept spending all those first round picks on defenses and those defensive players are now showing up. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see. I am not giving uh, that much credit to Chicago's offense. I don't think they'll be much better, but uh, they will definitely probably be they, – they can't come out with the same game plan as last week, throwing so many short passes. I don't know what the end uh, ending line was, but Justin Fields threw, like, uh, somewhere around, like, a, a, a trillion, I think, passes for, like, four yards, um, something around that. So um, they're going to need to look um, for a different – a little bit of a different, more deep passing offense. So I think they – I think they change up – I hope they change up quite a bit. Uh, in this game, which, I mean, we'll see if it works for them, but uh, I think they're going to be trying some new stuff in Chicago this week. Uh, next matchup, we got Kansas City as three-and-a-half-point favorites coming into Jacksonville, taking on the Jaguars. Um, for me, I think this is going to be one of the better games in the early window. Uh, the Jags are definitely an ascending team, whereas Kansas City, of course, has uh, already ascended. It's kind of, I think, going to be – um, really a lot down to if Kelsey plays. I don't really know exactly what his status is right now. I think it's still kind of up in the air, um, but I think it's going to come down to if he plays. Uh, but even if he doesn't, I think the Chiefs are better offensively than last week. I think they re- draw some stuff up. They reevaluate. I have a lot of faith in Andy Reid and, the, and Patrick Mahomes and the offense there. So uh, I think the Chiefs come out and win, and I think they win by more than three and a half, regardless of if Chel- Kelsey is there. Uh, but I feel really good about it if Kelsey's there. If not, it's a little bit more iffy. Uh, but I'd still be sticking with Kansas City minus three and a half. Uh, but Gabby, how are you feeling about this one? 
I like Kansas City. I really do. Um, I'm not betting against Mahomes. There's going to be a few times I really do, especially after a loss. I think they're going to come back and they come back firing. Um, they win that game if the wide receivers catch those balls. So I think if Kelsey's back, he's going to have one reliable wide receiver. And I think those wide receivers, I think it's going to regress back to them making those plays. So I like Kansas City here. I don't think Jacksonville is actually a really good team. I think their offense is good. That defense is very suspect. So I think Mahomes is going to be able to find some zones in there, soft spots to make some plays and run around. And um, I think Kansas City is actually going to be able to come out here way more by three and a half. I like them six and a half. If you want to push that up into an alt line, I think they're going to be able to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I definitely agree. If uh, Kelsey's there, so I don't, I don't hate that idea at all. Um, next matchup we got here, we got Green Bay coming into Atlanta. Green Bay started as the favorite, but is now one and a half point underdogs. Uh, Gabby, how are you feeling about that one? For me. I really like Green Bay here. As I was stating earlier, that defense is loaded. They have Rashawn Gary, one of the better up-and-coming pass rushers in the NFL. Devon Wyatt, one of the a younger defensive tackle, and arguably one of the best corners in the NFL. Yes, he's very flamboyant and talks a lot. But Jair Alexander, especially in man coverage, that man can lock people up. And he did that in week one with DJ Moore. And he's going to do that again with Drake London, especially a team where they don't even want to throw him the ball. I guarantee you Drake London is going to have – the under is going to – if he has a reception total that is under three and a half, I'm hitting the under. I don't think there's a chance he's going to catch more than that. The Falcons don't want him to catch more than that. So, if Jared Alexander – they're not going to use him in shadow, but – well, there's actually a chance they could because Drake London is really the only wide receiver out there. So there's a chance Drake London really gets under three and a half, two and a half receptions here. So I like the Packers here. The defense is good. Jordan Love looked really good. They have a really good running game, and those wide receivers are for real. I know a couple of them are injured right now, but Jaden Reed, who is not injured, will be a star. I really like his performance. And those tight ends, Luke Musgrave, is pretty good. So. I like the Packers here, minus one and a half. That's really easy for me. Yeah. What about you, Sam? To be honest, it's the exact same for me. I uh, I love the Packers here. I'll be smashing this one. Uh, I'm not I'm not annoyed. I'm not upset that we're both going the same way still, though. I know we got one uh, coming up here that's going to have us go uh, a different direction, or at least I think we do. Um, so it's all good. We're both going Green Bay here, but I love Green Bay. This is um, definitely going to be one that's in contention for my best bet this week. And is a, uh, I think Green Bay is actually just being completely disrespected here. Uh, Jordan Love, I mean, specifically, of course, he only beat Chicago, which, like I said earlier, I think is a bad team. I don't think Atlanta's that amazing. I think they're underrated, though. Um, I think he's going to come out here and beat Atlanta, and I think he's going to continue to fly under the radar for another week or two. Um, I don't know who they play next week, but um, beating these bad, there are these teams that are considered bad by the public, at least. Um, I think that's going to boost his. Uh, profile and I just don't think Atlanta is really good enough to hang with the Falcons or with the Packers like you said the defense in Green Bay is just is really good and Atlanta really just wants to run the ball so um, if 
they're pretty one dimensional. And if the Packers can shut that down, which I think they can, um, it should be no, no problem for them to win. I'd definitely be putting money on the money line here. Um, but plus one and a half, I mean, I, I think is a pretty safe bet also, obviously. Um, so agreement there. This is where I think we may diverge. We got Baltimore coming into Cincinnati. Uh, Baltimore is three and a half point underdogs. Um, I have strong feelings about this one. Gabby, I'll let you start, though. Give me Cincinnati here, minus three and a half. There we go. Yeah, I really like them here. I mean, what this line is telling you is on the neutral side that Bengals are half a point better than the Ravens. And there's a chance that Mark Andrews doesn't play this week. Um, Marlon Humphreys, he was hurt. He's questionable for this week. So your best defensive player, your best offensive player, oh, yeah, and arguably your your second best offensive skill player just tore your Achilles. So where does that leave you? Not a half point worse than the Bengals. That's not the case because you beat the Texans. I like the Ravens a lot. They're my Super Bowl pick, but that was a really iffy performance in week one. And I like the Bengals to bounce back here. Joe Burrow hasn't really been practicing in training camp. The tr- conditions in that game were really bad weather-wise. So, and the Bengals are a team that really starts out slow. Look at their performance last year. They started one of the only teams of the past two or three years to go 0-2 and make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go 0-2, though. I think they're going to go 1-1. Um, Joe Burrow also plays really well versus the Ravens. Um, think back to Jamar Chase's breakout 55 perform, uh, point performance that was against the Ravens so I like the Bengals here I like the offense to explode um, especially with Marlon Humphreys out there's not a chance they're going to be able to guard those wide receivers excuse me and the Bengals are going to get back on track here with a good big time divisional win versus the Ravens uh, yeah, I I couldn't disagree more, to be honest. Uh, I love Baltimore plus three and a half here. Uh, I think Baltimore is the better team, so I'd be taking them with the money line, honestly. Uh, but plus three and a half, give me that all day. Uh, Baltimore, I mean, they're the better team. They uh, honestly almost beat uh, Cincinnati in the playoffs last year without Lamar, uh, which was last year, so no big deal. And, of course, Cincinnati turned out to be quite a good team. But Baltimore was 100% a Super Bowl contender last year. They just suffered some injuries. And this year, I think they're right back uh, on track to be a Super Bowl contender again. I am way more confident in them than uh, the Bengals, just based off the first week uh, only. I mean, I'm still pretty confident in the Bengals having a great season. But um, if you're looking at the first week at all and comparing first weeks, I mean, the Bengals lost by 30 and sat Joe Burrow, whereas Baltimore beat the 10-point beat the spread against Houston. And, yeah, it wasn't beautiful, but uh, they – they didn't really have to do anything crazy. They could ease, they easily won that game. It was not even a challenge for them. It was not a game that I expect to be indicative to their offense moving forward, but um, they didn't really have to even play an, a good game to beat Houston. So I, I'm just not really um, on track with that. Like I'm not reading too much into either uh, of teams first game. Um, especially with how many of the top quarterbacks did bad in week one. I mean, I think it's just probably uh, due to some of the changes in the way that we are, that off seasons are structured in the NFL now. And I think we see all of them across the board for the most part, bounce back 
Um, so I'm not really phased by uh, the slightly subpar performances by Burrow and Lamar Jackson. And then beyond that, I just think the Ravens are the better team. It is unfortunate that it, Cincinnati is the home team, but um, I just think Baltimore um, is going to be able to play Cincinnati well, and I think they'll come in. And I think they're overall a slightly better team, a slightly um, more rounded team in, in many ways, uh, definitely not offensively though. But um, yeah, I think – Baltimore comes in and is uh, a little better in the defensive and special teams phases. And, uh, and they're not, I think they're much better on offense than they showed last week. So for me, Baltimore uh, plus three and a half is a great bet. Um, I love, I, I love Baltimore this week for sure. But, Go ahead. If you're going to say something. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore is a really good team. Like I said earlier, they're my Super Bowl pick, but that defense, we're already seeing the problem that they faced last year with the injuries. They can't seem to stay healthy in that offense. The running game is not going to be there anymore. The one saving grace was J.K. Dobbins, and now that he's hurt, we're going to rely on Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. We've relied on Gus Edwards for since 2019. And they've been good. I mean, uh, I hate to this – this is kind of messed up of me to say, but it's the truth, honestly – if I'm going to have one position get hurt, what's the most easily replaceable position in the entire NFL? It's running back. Running yeah. Back. So I'm not tripping about JK Dobbins getting hurt. That's a massive bummer. Definitely is not great um, for their uh, prospects moving forward. I mean, it definitely isn't a positive, but um, I'm not, I'm not marking them down significantly for that. Uh I think if Justice Hill and uh, Gus Edwards don't perform this week, they'll they'll bring people in. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I think, was activated to the roster already. So, uh, I mean, I'm not, like, loving that, but I'm just saying, like, somebody, I think, in a committee, I think they can make it They can make it happen. A couple of years ago, they were looking great with, I mean, using Devonta Freeman uh, in a committee. So, I mean, I, I just think you can find somebody out there. There's a lot of running backs that are available um, I wouldn't hate to see Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette come in, and they. I I don't think J.K. Dobbins is that incredible of a player. I think he was good. He's probably he's definitely the best option, including the free agents that are out there, unless they get Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I doubt that'll happen. But um, I definitely think J.K. Dobbins is the best option. But I'm not like he's not heads he's not heads above. He's not tiers above the other guys, uh, in my opinion. So. That's kind of where I'm at with it. But uh, did you have anything else to add on that one? My only question, actually, was I was going to ask you what your opinion was on should the Ravens go out and get Jonathan Taylor, but it seems like you don't think that's even plausible. Well, I, I don't really think it's the Ravens' style, to be honest. Um, they did trade for Roquan Smith uh, a couple years mm-hmm. ago, though, which was a little bit um, – yeah, which is definitely in that uh, in favor of that kind of deal. But um, I don't really think it's the Ravens style to go out there and pay a running back. I mean, they have had ample opportunity to go get an addition to their, uh, their running back core. And they knew J.K. Dobbins was feeble, basically, or, or injury risk. Um, and they didn't do anything to bolster their running back core. So I feel like they they think they're either confident with what they have or they don't think it's that important of, of, of a position. Um, and so for that reason, I don't think they make the trade, but I do think if they did do it, I mean, I would be, I would be pro that if it wasn't something absurd, but you know, if you're paying like a second round pick or something like that for Jonathan Taylor, I'm pretty happy with that. And I think, like, I mean, 
Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson Jackson in the same backfield as a running attack. Like, I mean, that's that's unbelievably nasty. Um, so, I mean, if that happened, I think that would just really fit their their style they want to play um, with the kind of ground and pound um, or they've played in the past. I think it, it, it could definitely be changing this year. Um, we I don't think we've really seen their offense how it's going to be yet, but um, I think it would be wonder. I think it'd be really um, exciting to see Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson together. And it'd be like the first time that there's like really a true um, stud on the offense for Lamar Jackson, other than somebody at the tight end position with Mark Andrews. So um, I think that'd be really wonderful, but I don't think, I don't think it happens based off the, um, the running back market right now in the NFL and just the Ravens um, kind of how I feel the vibe that I get from them as an organization in general. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I think you bring up good points. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens from week five. I think Jonathan Taylor will have to play, but if he does look like actually he's healthy and it shows that like he's back to normal, I think the Ravens, I think that's a move that you make if you think you that's your final piece. But I, one thing to consider is J.K. Dobbins. He won that new contract, and they refused to give it to him. So He um, didn't earn it, though. I mean, no offense to him. He's been too hurt. Yeah, and he won it early. I guess you know why. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I think I think the Ravens would be a good team. We thought the Eagles would, but DeAndre Swift looked really good today. So um, I think I think overall, Jonathan Taylor is going to be it's going to be an interesting case. I think most likely he's going to stay on the Colts, but the Ravens are definitely now the most likely team to trade for him, in my opinion. I mean, I, like I said, I think it'd be wonderful. I mean. I just I yeah I don't know if it happens, but I do think um, I I think the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender, and I think they maybe fault up into the, like the the top of the list, not the maybe the number one, but I think they're right up at the very top of the list with the top teams, uh, the Kansas Cities of the world. Um, if they if they do a trade like that, I mean that's just like a that's just a Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco trade, like that's just what you need to get to the to where you want to go I feel like I mean it's just just like a I don't know I would just love that if I was a Ravens fan but we'll see we'll see we can just hope it happens um anything else on that on the Ravens the Jonathan Taylor situation or the Bengals or anything like that before we move on to our next one Gabby no I think we covered it Sam I think we hit that one pretty thoroughly um next matchup we got here this is one that's really um exciting for me to bet on i think i have i'm excited about the chargers this week who are three point uh favorites against the titans i love the chargers this week i think their offense looked really strong and their defense while it looked suspect last week the titans offense looked terrible so um i don't i mean they did play new orleans who's had a pretty good defense recently um but I I don't have any faith in the Titans to keep up with the Chargers scoring. And I just, I mean, the Titans, I love Mike Vrabel, and I do believe that they're going to have a really good defense, but um, I don't have any faith that it's going to be enough to hang within three points of the Chargers. I just, I don't see how that happens, to be honest, even with the the Titans being at home. So um, that's how I feel about that one. I just don't have any faith in the Titans offense at all, um, unless Derrick Henry has the game of his life, which, you know, could happen, but 
Uh, I'm not betting on it. But so I love the Chargers this week minus three. But Gabby, where are you at? I'm on the Chargers too, man. Tennessee cannot guard the pass. They can guard the run, but they cannot guard those wide receivers out there. They're horrible against them last year. And what did we see the Saints do? Every single one of them wide receivers had a good game. Like Thomas, Chris Olave, even Rashid Shahid had a pretty good game. So I'm firing up all wide receivers for the Chargers. Not all of them, just the big two, especially Michael Williams. And if Austin Eckler's out, I'm even considering firing up Jordan Palmer or Josh Palmer in a a 12-man format. I think those targets that Austin Eckler get are going to inherently go to those wide receivers, and they're going to have a pretty good game. Um, So I like the Chargers here a lot, um, and I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to um, exploit what the Chargers do bad, which is the pass defense. I don't think outside DeAndre Hopkins – Trayvon Burks didn't break out the way that we thought he could week one. Now that was only one performance, but he didn't seem to show up the burst. Or Ryan Tannehill, I must say, didn't seem to be able to push the ball down the field like we thought. So I like the Chargers here minus three pretty easily. Uh, yeah, back on our uh, lockstep ways. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back uh, to finish up the last uh game that we have to discuss in the early window on Sunday and then the rest of Sunday and the games, the two games that we have on Monday. So uh, we will be right back in just a moment. All right. Welcome back into the money call pod. We are continuing where we left off in the last segment with the last game. Um, we're picking it against the spread last game uh, in the early window. We got the Colts, Gabby's Gabby's team. We got the Colts as one and a half point dogs against the Texans. So I'm going to let Gabby lead off here. Gabby, where, what should we know about this game? Who should we pick in, uh, be picking? Audience, I'm going to start off by saying I apologize for what happened in week one. <laughs> we were right for three quarters. We were, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, we had some good signs there. Now we play a lesser opponent in the Texans. Give me the Colts plus one and a half. I like it a lot. Um, defense showed up. We were able to have turnovers. I like the Colts defense this week as well. Maniac looking back to get in the form, second game back. Um, we're able to turn the ball over. I think we're able to like, pick two on CJ Stroud. I like the Colts here. Plus one and a half. I like them upset. I like them in a money line parlay with them. Give me the Colts in a parlay with the uh, with the Packers. That's something I really enjoy. I really like that. I love that too. That's great. That's a great shout, actually. Uh, this is actually I was going to mention. This is another game that, at least from what I was seeing, was uh, was flip flopped as far as who the favorite was at the beginning of the week, and now uh, with the Colts being uh, one point favorites, and now the Colts being one and a half point dogs. Um, personally, I took the Colts minus one earlier in the week, um, and that's because I think the Colts have an identity on offense. While they obviously are not going to be an effective or super effective offense right out the gate, or uh, haven't been so far yet, they they have. They know how they want to play. They know who they have to play through and how they're going to do it. 
Um, and it's just a matter of can they be consistent and execute and be smart. But they're obviously they're going to re- use Anthony Richardson. They're going to use his legs uh, and they're going to use him in a conservative manner. Whereas the Texans, I mean, I, they not to say that they won't get it figured out at some point, but uh, and not that CJ Stroud is better or worse than Anthony Richardson, but the style he plays a more pocket quarterback. He's got a lot. He doesn't have really um, he doesn't have as many options. They aren't really they haven't really truly found their identity. Uh, with the type of passing game they're going to have or anything like that. They're kind of like leaning on the run, but they also want to develop the, the quarterback and they're going to be down in a lot of games. So I, I feel like the Texans are still a lot, uh, finding their way a lot more um, than the Colts. And, you know, the Colts, they have, they have some really, really good players on their team and they just didn't, haven't been able to put it together these last couple of years for whatever reason. Um, and so, I mean, that's the case for the, their defense, uh, of course, as well. So, um for me, like the, the Colts defense is just a, a better than the Texans defense. They have at least some players out there. I don't really love either defense, but the Colts can, they, they can play defense. They can be an effective defense against any team, but like on their, on their day. Um, and, and I definitely think they're better than Houston, even though uh, I love D'Amico, um, new coach of Houston, uh, D'Amico Ryans. I love him and I love his defensive um, strategy. Um, I still don't think they have it. They don't have the players yet. So uh, I love the Colts. Plus one and a half for sure. But yeah, I think you should be putting money on the money line if you're taking uh, a bet on this game and not a bad call at all to parlay that with the Packers. Uh, let's see here. Next one we got moving on to our later window. Uh, first game of the afternoon, we got San Francisco uh, going into the Rams, uh, into L.A. to face the Rams. Battle of the California teams, two of the California teams at least. Uh, San Francisco is, of course, favored, and they are favored by seven and a half points in this one. Uh, obviously, San Francisco looked incredible in their last game, and and I, I mentioned it, I think, in the earlier segment that L.A., I mean, they – they were way better than I thought they would be. I think than pretty much anybody thought they would be. But to be honest, we did talk about in our in our podcast last week how the Rams they if they're going to play anybody close, it's going to be the Seahawks or the, uh, another divisional opponent. They they've played the Seahawks close every year, um, or kind of had the Seahawks number recently. Um, I did not expect them to win, but I we had talked about them potentially covering and it being a little bit of a a close one to call there, uh, even though the Rams were so. So um, looking so downtrodden, but um, they, 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 they looked really, they looked way better than we thought they would, but I, I don't think that continues. I think it's in part due to them playing Seattle, but I mean, and of course, San Francisco is a, another divisional opponent, but I just don't think that, I mean, San Francisco is one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best. So um, that's a little bit of a different class than the Seattle Seahawks right now, unfortunately for Seattle, but um, so for that reason, I'm not concerned about the Rams keeping it all that close or having even a chance to sniff beating the uh, 49ers. So for me, I'm taking San Francisco minus seven and a half, even though it's a little bit of a big line. But I think it's uh, I'm not too worried about that one, to be honest. I think that San Francisco does well. It's I mean, it's just the fact that it's a divisional game that gives you any pause for me. But Gabby, what do you think? I'm with the Niners too, man. Brock Purdy looked good versus the Steelers. That defense was a real deal. So I'm with the Niners. They're actually my survivor pick this week because Kyle Shanahan dominates McVay outside of the conference championship game. So I'm riding with the Niners here. I think the Rams just were able to tackle people off guard in week one with the Seahawks. Um, 
he's not going to be able to catch Kyle Shanahan off guard. He's going to be able to expect all that. The Kua's didn't practice today on Thursday with an oblique injury as well. So that is something to consider there, one of their new weapons. And that running game looks suspect. Uh, I don't think this line is as good as people thought. So I think the Niners are going to be able to get some pressure on him, and the defense is going to be swarming to Matt Stafford. So I like the Niners here minus seven and a half pretty easily, and for my survivor pick. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the point about the Rams kind of doing being uh get having a good game plan for week one is definitely um an especially good one. I I really have a, a lot of faith in Sean McVay to come out with something like that for the first week. And so yeah, now that we're getting a little bit farther into the season, um that I think I think that'll become less and less each week uh, of an advantage, especially against a coach like Kyle Shanahan. But uh anyways, moving on to our next game. In the afternoon window, we got the Giants, who suffered an embarrassing loss against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, um, are coming into Arizona as four-point favorites. Um, actually hilarious that a team just lost by 40 and is four-point favorites against anybody. Um, that's pretty embarrassing for Arizona. Um, but to be honest, I'm I'm taking the Giants. I, I know Arizona looked a lot better than people thought they would, but uh, I kind of thought that was more of a reflection on Washington than it was on Arizona personally. I mean, Arizona, I mean, they definitely were better than I thought they would be. Um, and some credit to Arizona's defense for being a lot better and more aggressive than I had expected for sure. Uh, but I still don't think that they are that uh, – I think they're a bad team still. And I, I think the Giants, while they did lose by 40, I think that that's going to be end up looking like a crazy fluke by the end of the season. I think New York is still good. Uh, they definitely aren't as good as maybe I thought they might be um, this season. But I think – I think they're going to be a team that's competing for the playoffs for sure. Um, and so for that reason, I think that you, if you're going to be a team like that, you definitely got to beat a team like Arizona. And I think they do it um, in a game where they are hungry to prove that they are not uh, the team that they showed they, that they looked like on uh, Sunday night. So I think they come out and they win by more than four, but Gabby, what do you think? I'm with New York, man. I really am. I don't I can't bet on Josh Dobbs, the Cardinals' inability to move that football, and Zach Ertz being their number one target. That is depressing in 2023. When we're in 2017, that was cool. Um, now it's a little, it's a little sad. So I like the Giants. The Giants were my darling, and then they put up zero points in Week One. So I think they're going to be able to come back here, Darren Waller. Is healthy though, so I think he's gonna have a really good performance versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals were the worst team versus tight ends last year, and they didn't do anything in week one to make you think that they improved that whatsoever. So, um, Logan Thomas, I'm pretty sure, caught a touchdown. So, give me, give me the Giants, man. I really like the Giants here. Daniel Jones is going to have a bounce-back performance. Saquon Barkley, bounce-back performance. Darren Waller, bounce-back performance. They win by more than four. I totally agreed. Can't blame you at all. Uh, next matchup, Jets taking on the Cowboys in Dallas. Jets, of course, are underdogs, and they're big underdogs. They're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. Gabby, tell me which way I should be going in this one. Cowboys minus nine and a half. Jets plus 
nine and a half. So one thing you got to consider here, Cowboys just demolished the Giants on um, Sunday Night Football. The Jets lost their quarterback in their hope on Monday Night Football. And Zach Wilson, yes, he was able to win that game, but he, the defense won that game. And Josh Allen throwing those picks. He didn't really go out there and win that game. He threw one touchdown. So the pub, I think the line is a little bit skewed, and I think you can get value here on the Jets. I do think the Cowboys are going to come out here and win it, but plus nine and a half, that's too much for me. I like the Jets here, plus nine and a half. Damn it, Gabby. Uh, I like the Jets. Um, again, I, I thought you were going to go Dallas for sure. Uh, yeah, I like the Jets here. The Jets, they don't know they're not going to do good this year yet. I mean, they probably know it deep in their hearts, but they don't They don't really know it yet. They they came into the season thinking they were a Super Bowl contender, and yeah, they, they lost Aaron Rodgers on Monday night, and that's terrible and that's demoralizing, but they won the game, so they, they don't really know they're bad yet. So um, I think they come out and they keep it competitive. They still have the fire. Um, Dallas, I think, is going to be a little bit um, – falsely blown up from that first game, which I said is going to, I definitely think is going to end up looking a little fluky at the end of the season. And Dallas, definitely their defense looked real good. And I don't expect the Jets to score a lot, but the Jets defense looked real good. And I definitely think the Dallas offense is over a little uh, over, over hyped right now. I mean, that's classic Cowboys uh, situation. So, I mean, it's, it should be no surprise. Um, But yeah, I, I just don't think that, I think the Jets defense is good enough to keep it within 10, um, and so for that reason, I'm going Jets as well. Um, another game that we have the same bet on. But, um, yeah, let's look at the uh, next game we have on the list here. We got Washington uh, going into Denver. Washington is going to be three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Gabby, I think I already know. But let me know which way you're going in this one. I'm going Washington for sure. Not a chance. My money is going anywhere near Russell Wilson this year. With what we heard throughout the offseason and what we saw through week one, uh, I think it's in fruition that Russell Wilson is cooked. He's not running the ball anymore. He's lost zip on his fastball. His only hope is Jerry Judy comes back and Javante Williams has an Adrian Peterson-like return from his ACL recovery. We're asking Javante Williams to be a top 15 back year one basically be better than when he was ACL. That was Adrian Peterson. And if he does that, um, you need to go get him in all your dynasty leagues right away. So that means he's <laughs> a one-generation type of player. Um, I love Javante. I don't know if he's one-generation. I think we're going to need a year for him to get back into form. So I'm off the Broncos here. I like the commanders. Uh, Brian Robinson has been involved in the passing game quite a bit. I really like that. I like Sam Howell getting another week in the offense. Hopefully his lackluster performance was just quarterbacks being bad all around, and he gets another week to show out and kind of use his weapons and playmakers that he has around him. So I like the commanders here plus three and a half. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I mean, you can't – I mean, the Broncos, they just looked so bad last year, and week one – they didn't do anything to dissuade you or convince you otherwise. I mean, they just dinked and dunked the whole way down the field. Just like you said, Russell looked bad. Um, I just have no uh, faith in this offense to put up even 20 points at any point. So 
Um, and I do have faith in the commanders to put up at least a couple touchdowns a game. Um, and I think they have a pretty good defense. So I think that, I mean, that keeps the Broncos. It's definitely ensuring they're not getting over um, 20 points a game. And so, I mean, I just think that Denver, I mean, Washington at the very least keeps it close, if not wins the game, uh, even though it's in Denver. And I definitely think Denver's probably, probably going to be the winner. Um, I'm kind of threading the needle here. I think they win, but I don't think they do it by more than three by more than three points. Um, so for that reason, I'm going Washington. I just Denver just isn't going to score 25 points and beat somebody 25 to 20. They're not. They they're just not. So I I think it ends up being something like 16 14 or 10 13 or some shit like that where it's real close. Um, and Commanders get the win on the spread. So. I'm I definitely agree with you, Gabby, and uh I would definitely wouldn't be betting on this game because it, it like I don't really have faith in the commanders either. I just have no faith in either team and I just have slightly less faith um in Denver. So wouldn't recommend it, but if I had to pick, I'd be going commanders plus three and a half. So that's it for really? the uh, Yeah, no, I mean Yeah. I, I thought Sean Payton was gonna do something with Denver and it he hasn't yet, so we'll see if uh, if that happens. Um, that's it for the afternoon games, but we have one more game on Sunday, which is the Sunday night game. We got Miami coming into New England, classic divisional game. Miami, who looked incredible on offense and, and probably iffy to say the least on defense on Sunday against the Chargers, is three-point favorites against New England, who actually I think looked a lot better than maybe people give it credit for or even realize it against uh, Philadelphia this past week. Um, so for me, I, I'm taking, I'm taking Miami three, uh, uh, minus three points, but Gabby, um, which way are you going with this one? I'm going New England, man. Give me New England plus three at home. Matt Jones was dealing the rock last week. Did nobody see that? Yeah, everything like, except for the two drives he had, two, uh, two chances he had to win the game, but yeah. Okay, yeah. But we, we take the baby for the first time in this new offense, and it looked like, oh, yeah, there's a reason why we were excited about him his rookie year. So I like the Patriots here. I like Bill Belichick as home underdog. I like his ability to scheme up something for Tua, make it difficult. It's really scheme-based Mike McDaniels. I think Belichick's going to be able to shut that down. And I like the ability for the Patriots to run the football. I like Zeke and Stevenson to have okay games here. Dolphins weren't able to stop Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler last week. So I like the Patriots to be able to run the ball. That's what they want to do, get in the, their play-action game and over the top of Kendrick Bourne. If it's not there, dump it off to Hunter Henry. So give me the Patriots plus three. Yeah, I don't blame you much. I mean, I have been on the record as I definitely think uh, Bill Belichick's the best coach of all time. So, and, he, and it's always tough to pick against him, especially when he gets points. But um, I, I'm taking Miami just because I don't think New England can keep up with them offensively um, or defensively, to be honest. I mean, D- Tyreek Hill is so fast, so I don't think that uh, they'll be able to keep up. Uh, and, and I just, I just don't. I just really love Miami this year and I don't think New England um is a team that's in in the top three of their uh, or in the top two of their division I think this is just a game Miami needs to win and will win and uh, I mean it's 
it's going to be close potentially uh, with this three point spread, but I, I just got to take the team that I have most faith in. And that's Miami, um, even though New England looked pretty good against uh, Philadelphia. But I mean, I actually think Miami is better than Philadelphia potentially. So um, that doesn't dissuade me them keeping it close against Philadelphia. So uh, yeah, that's definitely a close one though, but uh, especially with New England at home, but I just, I just love what Miami's got going right now. And I just think they, I think they are a Super Bowl contender uh, this year. And I think they're going to be, they're going to be fun to watch all season. And I don't think that changes here in week two. Uh, but that's it for our Sunday games. We got two games on Monday this week, which is pretty interesting. Um, that's a very nice Monday. I wish the first one starting at 4 15 PM on the West coast. So that's a little early. I will say as a West coaster, but, uh, we'll have to get off work early and go home and catch that one, or at least try to catch most of it. But anyways, that game is going to be the saints taking on the Panthers in Carolina. The saints are three point favorites after their, their win against Tennessee this past week in Carolina. Uh, they're of course the underdogs, uh, after, uh, losing to Atlanta and I mean a, a team that I don't think Atlanta that is uh, a team that I don't think is incredible. Um, so, I mean, Carolina looked, had some moments, but I just don't think they um, have it figured out yet, especially with, I mean, Bryce young being the uh, a rookie of course, and him being of course, very cerebral rookie, one that's touted for his intelligence um, and decision-making. And he had some great decisions, but he also had some poor ones. I just don't think they're quite there yet. Derek Carr is a perpetually underrated quarterback um, on a team with a f- fair amount of weapons and a pretty good defense. So uh, even though they're the saints are on the road, I think they come in and I get, they, I think they get the dub and I think they do it by more than three points. So uh, Gabby, what do you think though? I like the saints, man. I have not been on Bryce Young and the Panthers this year. That is a bad team all around. Um, Bryce Young looked small out there and looked like he was able to see over that offensive line. Saints, on the other hand, Derek Carr, you know, I drive the, I drive that Derek Carr. I drive the car. So, <laughs> yes, um, you do. Yes, you do. He is, yeah, he looks good in this offense. The wide receivers, he has true weapons. Um, they're going to be able to go in there and win by more than three. I think Bryce Jones is going to have some turnovers. This defense is going to eat, too. I think they're going to be the number one defense in fantasy this week, or they should be. Panthers are not good. And they don't have a chance of scoring over 40. So I really like the Saints defense overall. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm not I'm not convinced by, uh, by Bryce Young quite yet. That is for sure. Um, awesome. Well, moving on to our last game in the of the week, um, later Monday night game, uh, we got Cleveland coming into Pittsburgh. Cleveland is two and a half point uh, favorites. Um, after I mean destroying the bill or the not the Bills, the Bengals, um, and of course the Steelers. On the other hand, getting destroyed by San Francisco. Um, I I kind of would say I'm a little bit surprised the line isn't a little bit bigger, but um, if it is after week one and Steelers are at home, but, uh, and a classic rivalry, of course, but Gabby, where are you going in this one uh, with the Steelers as two and a half point dogs? Give me the Browns. I like them a lot. I think they were able to, what they were able to do versus the Bengals last week was impressive. Not only because 
We know they're able to run the ball. We know that defense is for real. Sean Watson, yes, he was skipping some balls in the dirt, but he looked a lot better than Joe Burrow in that passing attack, and that wasn't supposed to be the case. So, and he was running that football. He was really effective when he ran the ball. He was running at smart times and designing quarterback runs. It made a lot of sense. So I really like the, what this offense has to show. Elijah Moore was really good. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, yes, they're playing a tough defense, but Kenny Pickett looked the same. It did not look like he had progressed a lot. Now they've just lost their best weapon in Deontay Johnson. Um, that defense didn't look like it really could stop anybody, especially the corners. Um, Brandon Ayuk was having his day out there. So I like the Browns here. I like to fire up Amari Cooper. I don't feel bad about playing Elijah Moore in a 12-man in a flex spot if you need to. I think about playing him over guys like Cortland Sutton for sure. I am over Cortland Sutton. I play him over guys. I would have played him over KJ Osborne or Jordan Addison or any of those rookies. Maybe not Zay Flowers, but that's in that range as well. But overall, I really do enjoy. I think the Browns are going to be a really good team this year. I think they're going to show it again on Monday night. I don't blame you for that pick at all. I mean, the Browns did look really good this past week. But for me, um, I got to be honest, this one's fully just going with my heart. I don't I don't know if my brain tells me the same thing or not. Uh, but and I don't have a ton of great reasons for this pick. But my heart tells me that uh, – that game with the against the Bengals was a fluke. The Bengals are better than that. I I think in every way the Bengals didn't show up for that game. If you know what I mean, and and I think Cleveland looking good in that game isn't really indicative. It doesn't really say anything about their uh, about their team much. I mean, I know that's kind of unfair and taking a lot away from Cleveland. I mean, they just came out and played the opponent that they had against them. Um, but I just I just have a hard time really feeling like that's the true Bengals and really. And for that reason, giving Cleveland as much credit as they they probably deserve for that game. And then on on the Steelers side, I just I mean they got destroyed in that in that game against San Francisco. And I just I just have so much faith in Mike Tomlin that I I just have, I can't bring myself to pick that they are going to get beat at home on prime time against one of their biggest rivals uh, after that. So um, for that reason, with the points, I'm definitely taking. Pittsburgh, I, I, I haven't I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting a little bit on the money line. I would not suggest doing a lot or anything like that. I'm not super confident in it, but um I definitely think the Steelers have a, a great chance to win this game. I think I mean Kenny Pickett looked bad, but I think I'm gonna have faith that they they the Steelers know what they're doing. They're a great, greatly coached like they're coached incredibly by Mike Tomlin and they're a greatly run uh franchise that's been historically awesome. And I, I just have a lot of faith in them. Versus the Browns, of course, are not, and they just—it's a total heart pick. I just—I just feel like this is a game the Steelers make it happen, or at least, at the very least, keep it close. I just cannot imagine that not happening. So, uh, for that reason, I'm going Pittsburgh. Um, but I'm super happy, Gabby, that you're picking Cleveland because we we needed a little bit of uh, diversity in our choices here. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's going to conclude our our picks against the spread this week. We have a to- a grand total of three differences. Uh, I didn't even count last week because we had differences on almost every other one. It felt like at least, um, but yeah, we have three differences this week. We got uh, Baltimore versus Cincinnati. With Baltimore is three point uh, underdogs. I have Baltimore. You have Cincinnati. Uh, Miami 
uh, versus New England, Miami as three point favorites. I have in Miami, you have New England. And then as we just discussed, of course, Cleveland coming into Pittsburgh as two and a half point favorites. I have Pittsburgh and you have Cleveland. So um, yeah, that'll be, that will be probably not a huge, it, it almost certainly will not be a huge uh, swing for our, uh, our, our standings against each other in those picks, but uh, someone will get the edge at the very least. So that is good. Um, moving on to our next uh, segment, though, we got our next and we got our best bets. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's not far removed from our previous segment, but we're discussing our favorite bets this week. And as we discussed earlier, my favorite bet of this week is Green Bay taking on Atlanta. And for me, I like Green Bay at the money line. I'm, I think they win this game. And I don't really, I have no real hesitation about feeling that way. Um, I think they're just markedly better than Atlanta pretty much every way. Um, Yeah, I just don't really think Atlanta's going to be able to keep up. The only advantage they have is they are are at home. And their quarterback, I guess, is in his second year starting for the team versus uh, first year. So, uh, for me, I love Green Bay this week, and I'll be taking them. Uh, Gabby? What's your uh, best bet or bets for this week? I like the Bengals. I really do. Uh, Minus three and a half. That's one of my better bets. I really think that people are going to be what they saw. That's the game you have to throw away from the Bengals. I think you have to throw away because the Browns, that defense might be the best or the second best defense in the NFL. They have an elite corner. They have the best pass rusher in the NFL. They have a guy on the other side who can help out really well. They got help on the backside and Grant Delpit. They're really talented, man. And defense can get out for people. And I think people are going to realize that coming here in the next coming weeks. So the Bengals now are off of that. The Ravens are hurt with the secondary. So Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are going to be able to eat. So I really like the the Bengals here minus three and a half. Uh, well, I'd like to say that's a great pick, but uh, as you know, I am on the other side. I'm on the Ravens. So I cannot say that, uh, but great opportunity to uh, prove me wrong. I have a great pick there, so I'm excited for you. Um, I'm going to throw one more out there as far as best bets. Uh, I love the Chargers coming into Tennessee as three uh, three-point favorites. Um, like I said earlier, uh, I just think the Chargers are going to score. Tennessee is not going to be able to score, not going to be able to keep up. And as Gabby mentioned, Tennessee's secondary can be exploited by a pretty deep ch- uh, Charger receiving core. And I, I think the Chargers, they just run up the score. And whether or not the Titans score uh, is kind of irrelevant because I definitely don't think they score as much as the Chargers and three points is not enough uh, or not enough of a spread, in my opinion, for that. So uh, I'm taking the Chargers. Minus three. Gabby, any other uh, best bets for me before we move on to our final segment here? Honestly, yeah. I really do like the Jets plus nine and a half. Um, I think the Cowboys, they're really overinflated. They did, they did. Dak Prescott, he dominates the Giants. Mainly that defense dominates Samuel Jones. So I think they're going to be able to 
next week. The Jets are going to be able to actually stifle Dak Prescott, make him throw the ball. And we know Dak had it. We're going to see if Dak actually progressed from last year. I don't think the Giants were going to be that team that made him throw the ball into the tight windows. The Jets are going to be able to do that. So I think the Cowboys are going to be able to win the game, but nine and a half is too big and it's scary. That just feels like a trap game. So, um, I like the Jets here quite a bit, nine and a half. That's a bit too big of a number. Feels like it should be six and a half, even with knowing Zach Wilson's smaller back. Yeah, I'd certainly like that one a lot. I think th- I think that one is a good pick. Not so sure about the Cincinnati one, but I like the I like the Jets pick. Um yeah, so that's gonna be it for best bets. Um going through our final segment here, real quick, our survivor cool picks um for me ranked in order from best to worst i'm taking buffalo number one versus las vegas uh i just think las vegas is not good and does not have it figured out they barely beat uh denver which is a team that i do not think is good um and i think buffalo while struggling in week one i think they're a super bowl contender and i think they get it turned around josh allen as i've mentioned a lot this episode is one of the quarterbacks who is a great quarterback who struggled week one that i think turns it around um, second pick, New Orleans versus Carolina. Um, we mentioned earlier, Carolina is just not a good team. We have a lot of faith in Derek Carr and New Orleans defense as a whole. Um, Bryce Young definitely has not proven it yet in the NFL. doesn't look completely comfortable, um, and I think he'll be shaken by New Orleans defense. Um, and my final one, and I actually apologize, this is actually my second one. New Orleans should have been my third, but my second one um, that I have not said is the Chargers uh, over Tennessee. I just mentioned them as a best bet, so I won't touch on it too much, but uh, I just don't think that the the Titans are going to be able to keep up with uh, the Chargers scoring-wise. So love that one as a uh, survivor pick this week. But yeah, Gabby, what do you uh, who do you got this week as your survivor picks? For me, I like the, the Niners. That's going to be my number one pick. I think they're going to be a really good team. They're going to be able to do what they usually do to McVay, beat them down when the Rams, they don't have a number one offensive weapon. They might not even have their new offensive weapon in Puka. So I like the Niners there. My number two team, I need to know if Kelsey's there. But if Kelsey is there, I'm going with the Chiefs. I really do think they're going to be able to beat the Jaguars. I don't think Jags defense is anything of special the Colts were able to move the ball down there pretty consistently and then a third team I do like here is going to be I think I honestly I would go with two because those are only the two teams I feel really comfortable with you could throw the Cowboys in there but that feels like kind of a trap and I actually feel pretty confident that the Seahawks are going to win that game, but putting a dog into a survivor pick, just you're asking to be out in that case. So (laughs) I think those are the two teams I feel comfortable with are um, maybe the Niners and the the Niners and the Chiefs. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, I, for the record, think the Niners are the probably the best team um, in the survivor pool. But since I knew you were going to pick them, did not put them at the top of my list. Um, but 
that is going to conclude episode two of the Money Call podcast. We will be back next week uh, with all of our picks again. Um, So best of luck to you this week, and uh, we will catch you next week. We'll be right back.